Welcome back to CodingCat.dev, where we give you cats the freshest dose of dev snacks. Here is Alex Patterson and Brittany Postma. This episode brought to you by Storyblock. Build anything and publish everywhere. Whoa. Oh. Video cut off. Oh, no. We'll have to, like, super uh, talk about Storyblock, I guess, because I don't know what happened there. Anyway, it's it's been a minute, so like we're back to rookie status on podcasting, I guess. Uh, after three years, um, I went to Africa and uh, it was amazing. So I got to see all the animals. They tried Wait. to kill me. No, they didn't try. You just did that. You just went to Africa. We we're there. Ooh, has it been four weeks? Maybe almost. Whoa, something Where? like that. So still trying to get back into the swing of things. Start a new job. You know. All the craziness is happening on this side of the house. So getting back into the podcasting mix is uh, exciting. You are like the second person that we've had. And usually it's like, I don't know, at least once a week. So we're slowly putting it back together. <laughs> I was going to say, didn't we get to talk about vacations and stuff? But We did, yeah. I think we had one one show. So still putting life back together, I guess. Yeah. Um, so yeah, today we have Sam Littlefair on the show. We're going to talk all about slicing up Svelkit with Prismic's new slice machine. That's a yep. mouthful. But uh, first, we, we need to know a little bit more about Sam. So how's it going, Sam? It's going good. Yeah. What do you want to know? I, You know, the last thing I heard before we started was that you moved <laughs> to Italy. And I need to like know all about that. This is perfect. I'm like, I'm like on the live stream and I actually have something interesting to talk about because I just got here two weeks ago. Um, and everybody, everybody loves hearing that you're, you've moved to Italy. That's um, amazing. So what part of Italy did you move to? Tuscany, which you were saying. That's hilarious. Yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad we saved it for the stream. Um, yeah, I'm actually a lucky guy. Uh, my wife, uh, is studying. So she just did a college, she's a jeweler and she just did a college program in Scotland. Um, so I followed her to Scotland and now she's doing an uh, MFA here in Italy. So I'm just following my wife around, just be, doing the husband thing. Did I, I hear you correctly? Her. You said jeweler? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, like what, what is a degree in like jeweling? Yeah, so you can do it at a bunch of different levels, but like, um, so the most important skill is goldsmithing, you know, like, so she can make rings and necklaces and stuff. Um, and there's like the practical side, which is like learning how to like fabricate and polish and like create jewelry. And then there's the more conceptual side, which is like learning the art of it and how to design it and stuff. She's, she's trying to do all of it. Uh, it's very, it's very, very cool to watch and, and learn. I, I've learned so much more about jewelry than I ever thought I would know in my life. I would have never like considered that to be like a degree. I, I would think it's like a trade that you just pick up. I had no idea. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. A lot of people just do it through apprenticeship, probably historically. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And you yourself, what's, what's your journey been like, Sam? So how did you yeah. make it to Prismic? I think it was a little bit of an unconventional route. Um, I started in journalism. Um, so I spent a long time like writing like long articles for like a uh, newspaper for, for starters um, as a freelancer. And then I wound up working, I got hired as like the digital guy at a magazine. So I was kind of like the young guy who comes in to like work on the website. Um, and uh, I was like, writing articles and newsletters and stuff, doing like WordPress and MailChimp. And I, I loved it, but there was always like something that was a little bit troubling, which was like, I like writing, but I really like this web stuff too, you know? Um, and uh, eventually I was getting really frustrated with WordPress. Um, and we actually uh, wound up weirdly in this partnership with Ghost CMS, hmm. which at the time, when I learned what that was, I was like, oh, this is so cool. They're like trying to do this WordPress thing, only like bring it into the 21st century. Um, and that started getting getting me to learn a little bit about Node.js and, and, and like modern web development. And I, I really loved it. So then after that, I just, I just kept going with it. Um, that partnership ended, but I kept doing, um, learning CSS and then JavaScript. And eventually I just decided to take the leap. I, um, 
did a coding boot camp. At this point, my wife and I were living in France, so we actually moved to Paris so that I could do this coding boot camp that was 10 weeks on a campus in, Paris, in the middle of Paris. And we arrived um, March 1st, 2020. That's, that's a tough time to arrive. <laughs> <laughs> so like the pro program was supposed to, well, did start on like the 21st and it was like March 10th, my wife got COVID. March 12th, I got COVID. March 14th, they shut down the whole country. And I'm there like with COVID on my computer, like writing emails to the school, annoyed. Like, so is the program still happening? Like, we don't know. And I'm like, what do you mean you don't know? Like, oh, right. It's like the whole Paris, world is going to shut like, down. Paris was yeah. serious too. Like the lockdown there was pretty intense from what I hear. So did you end up mm -hmm. staying there the whole time? Yeah. So I did the boot camp online. We had like a 25 square meter, like a 250 square foot apartment uh, that my wife and I lived in for a year and a half, not knowing we were both going to be stuck in it 24 hours a day. That's tough. Uh, but after the program, I was um, I was looking for jobs, and I, through crazy coincidence, found a connection to uh, Levi, who is uh, at the time was the head of the education team at Prismic, and um, he we he and I got coffee, and it turned out that Prismic, the CMS, and my interest in web development came from an interest in CMSs. Um, it turned out it was three blocks away from my apartment in Paris. So um, I uh, got a job at Prismic working on documentation there and it just worked out perfectly. I loved it from the start. I, the, the people there are awesome. Um, we've got great coworkers, we've got a nice office in the middle of Paris in a beautiful area. Um, and the product is really great. Uh, so I've never really looked back. It's like, you know, I, I did this big career transition and it kind of went a lot better than I ever could have imagined. So I don't know, I feel like a lucky guy. That's really cool. So like you talked about how you're kind of more on the writing side of things and CMS interest, but like the technical side, did you feel like that boot camp was enough to like thrust you forward on the technical side or like how does, yeah. how does that look? Yeah, because um, our team at Prismic is called the education team. And I think it's the coolest job because basically we write the documentation. At the time we were a lot more involved, like this is three years ago now, we were really involved with like making demo projects and stuff yep. um, or like making instructional videos. And so, you know, I came in with a pretty good foundation in React and it was like first day on the job was like, all right, now learn Vue. And then next day it's like, now learn next. And then the next day it's like, now learn next, you know? And I was just so happy. I was like, this is so cool. The first month I was at the company, all I did was learn a bunch of different frameworks and I got the best job I could possibly have. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, so that sounds like mostly front end JavaScript uh, side of things. Did you have to learn anything on the back end? Um, I didn't have to do too much. Or I, I guess non-JavaScript, I should say. Yeah. Um, I had a background in Express a little bit from the boot camp, sure. but then I ne I've never gone much deeper than like um, the standard kind of Next.js Svelte kit backend stuff. Nice. I've never really had to. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I've always kind of tried to live in the JavaScript TypeScript ecosystem my entire career and it's, it's worked out well, but now like we're kind of starting to get into like, I need to write some rails. I need to write flutter. Like <laughs> there's so much more stuff and it's just like nonstop. It's, it's interesting. And yeah. the education side at, at um, Prismic, is that similar to DevRel or you have DevRel on top of that? Yeah, we also have DevRel. Um, so I don't know how really you make a distinction. Like I think DevRel yeah. is more, at, at Prismic, it's more like active, like kind of going out. Um, DevRel also just kind of, we organically assigned responsibilities at DevRel at Prismic wound up with um, like building our SDKs and stuff. Whereas education team is more focused on um, documentation and support mostly. And we actually also recently built um, a whole uh, academy, like a learning platform for learning Next.js and Prismic. Yeah, I think I thought that you were a DevRel because of how much that you do out in the community <laughs> and like building stuff for Prismic. So I just assumed that you were on Alex Trost, who like I... I knew Trost before I knew you and yeah. I, I just like, I thought that you were a DevRel for them. And so I just assumed that's how a lot of companies work, but not every company does DevRel the same. And so it's, it's just a weird. Yeah. System. I mean, DevRel's not in my job description, but I talked to Alex a ton and 
I think I'm kind of maybe an honorary member of the team or something. <laughs> you, sh you definitely should be. And I mean, you do a good job and they, the DevRel has no like solid definition. So like there's no mm -hmm. right or wrong way to do it. So, I mean, who's to say they're doing it the wrong way or the right way? Like, yeah. perfectly reasonable the way they're doing it so you're doing a fantastic job building things and putting it out there i think you're doing oh, great thanks yeah thank you very much well it's really cool to like learn more about you uh we're gonna take quick breaks to pay the bills and then when we get back we'll jump into slice machine sound good awesome cool how in the world could i forget about this there's no need to freak out we have story block robert you're right. But we still need a plan. Okay. How much time do we have left until the launch? 24 hours. Okay, let's go. We are ready to publish. So let's get this baby online. Let's get this baby online. All right. Yeah. Before we dive into Slice Machine, you casually dropped in there that you saw a bunch of big animals in Africa. <laughs> sure. I need to know a little bit more about that. Oh my gosh. So it was interesting. So we went to Kenya on the east side of Africa and, um, you name it, the like the big five we saw it, and I, I can never remember what it is, but it's like elephant. Um, these aren't the big five because I'm already messing it up. Elephant, uh, <laughs> we saw lions, we saw cheetah, we saw leopard, uh, rhino, both black rhino, white rhino. My bucket, like this is my wife's bucket list trip, but my animal I wanted to see for sure was a white rhino and everyone laughed at me. They're like, well, that's not going to happen. And it was like the second spot we went, boom, there's a white wow. rhino. So that was pretty incredible. We did miss um, the, the big migration. Like we still saw tens of thousands of animals, uh, but like two weeks later, essentially, um, they started to move more from Tanzania up to Kenya. Um, the weather was just weird while we were there. It was actually colder there on the equator than it was in Michigan. So it was kind of that <laughs> transition into their winter and it was just a, a cold spell. So it was pretty interesting, but um, wow, sounds amazing. some of the, like, even the birds, the, there's like a African stork or something like that. It's scary as heck. Like that thing's just wicked. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I'll share, cool. I'll share an album with you when we get done. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. I'd love to see it. I, um, I backpacked in Kenya 15 years ago. See, that's amazing to me because like getting out of the vehicle was like a chore. Like they didn't want us to go anywhere. So it's pretty awesome that you were able to like backpack in Kenya. Well, a story for another day is the time that I uh, almost got gored by a wild buffalo. So I don't oh, I totally believe that. Like, I there's got to be like 20,000 ways to die. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Um, sorry. So, yeah, we are yeah. back and we're going to jump into Slice Machine. Sam's got awesome. a little share for us. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm just going to walk through, see how far we can get with setting up a project with Slice Machine. Wait, screen share um, works today? Screen share is working today. I actually, I, I tested it like an hour ago. I had to make a, <laughs> I made an account and everything just so I could make sure it was working. There was no I'm problem. just giving you crap. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Prismic, um, we entered uh, in like the, we were founded in 2013 and we kind of like were a headless CMS before headless CMS was even coined. Um, we were very early in like the serverless headless game. Um, and then uh, a couple years ago, we started kind of evolving away from that a little bit because headless CMS means like um, you do your content on an API, right? And that's kind of isolated. And then you query that into your app. And we started doing something a little bit differently, which is we created a, a really robust developer tool that actually runs locally on your computer, which we call Slice Machine. And that's actually like on your computer in your code base. And we've started like taking, being more active, taking more ownership of the code base. So it's not really uh, headless CMS anymore. So, and it's also kind of like, it's not just about content, it's about creating entire like web pages and, and, and website components. So we came up with this new term which, that we call headless website builder. 
So we're kind of evolving, we're kind of growing it into something that we consider to be a little bit more mature. So part of the demo that I want to do for you guys today is showing you like what it looks like to edit content in Prismic, but we'll get to that at the end because for starters, I want to show a little bit what it looks like to actually like code a website with Prismic, which I think is a really nice experience. And I'm starting like if you want to give this a try, you can follow exactly what I'm doing, which is just starting from the Prismic homepage um, and then just, you know, follow the standard flow. I'm not even signed in right now, which is crazy. <laughs> I might have to Would follow you? along with you, see how this goes. Oops, I'm already, <laughs> let's go back, log in. I don't, I don't even know how I got signed out. It's like, it's almost like I did it on purpose. So from here- I think got... either your screen share is frozen or maybe we're sharing yeah. the wrong desktop maybe or something. So we see the, the homepage. But it's still not, seeing the homepage, yeah. It's not doing it. Let me see. Oh, maybe there screen share doesn't work today. <laughs> I swear it was working. Oh no, if I am I gonna have to work during the podcast? This isn't good. See? <laughs> it's like he just put me on the spot yesterday. There's something different. Okay, here we go. So I just clicked on login and once you log in or create an account, this is where you wind up. Nice. So this has changed. This is cool. Yeah. So with um, Slice Machine, our developer tool, we have created integrations with three frameworks, which we see working really, really well with Prismic. So it's Next, Next, and SvelteKit. And I'm really excited because um, we just launched the SvelteKit integration two weeks ago, and I've been a big Svelte fan since 2020. And I've been advocating it for it at Prismic for a long time. So we set you up, um, you can choose uh, these two starters, uh, like kind of similar to if you create a Svelte project, we've got a skeleton one, we've got a demo that has more features. And then also you can, if you're really, really brave, you can do all the config yourself. I recommend starting with the minimal one. I'm just gonna call this um, coding cat September 23. And then this is going to just lead you through the process of like downloading and, um, uh, and, and setting up your project. And it'll set it up with everything um, pre-configured, the whole connection to the API and everything. Now, <laughs> It can be a little bit difficult to keep everything straight. I'm going to use two terms a lot. So I'm going to like, I'm going to uh, try to get it all figured out right now. There's the page builder and there's slice machine. If you're on prismic.io, the website, you're using the page builder. This is where you manage the content. It's typically where like marketers or, or writer, writers or content creators, they hang out on the website, which is the page builder. If you're working on your computer in local, um, this is Slice Machine. This is where we want the developers to go. I'm going to so see developer... if Alex can get the hang of this today because I I did yesterday like get the <laughs> hang of it. Like you were saying which one to go to, and I was finally yeah. like going to the right one. <laughs> yeah, which made me happy that you did figure it out because we obviously, you know, as somebody who like does technical writing, I worry that people aren't going to pick up, you know, kind of our corporate jargon. Um, but I was happy that by the end of it, we were all on the same page. Um, so what this is doing right now is it's just downloading um, the package and you can see it's doing the install. It's also going to, um, in the uh, starter project, we have a bunch of content models and actually some documents. I think in this one, there's like two documents. And so it's actually going to um, push those to Prismic. And this is again, this is a theme that we'll come back to again and again. There's sort of like um, a cycle that happens between your code base and the CMS. So like, we're gonna do make changes in the code base. We'll push those changes to the CMS and then you create content in the CMS and it gets queried back into the application, right? So it's kind of like, it's the circle of life, like what you just saw in Africa. <laughs> Good. So, I mean, we don't actually have to open the repository because we're already in the repository here, but it gives you this prompt. Do you want to open your repository? Uh, it's the same thing if you click here. So uh, interesting side note, I'm on uh, Brave browser and I had to take my okay. shield down. So just FYI. Okay, you, good you to have know. To run the... um, so I'm going to jump over to VS Code now. And Alex, actually, I wanted to ask you, um, 
I saw that you did a course for um, how to use a headless CMS. What was your experience like with that? Oh my goodness, did I? Oops, sorry, I opened um, I don't even remember the course, I have to be honest. Uh, was it with Prismic? Couldn't have been. That was probably um, Builder, wasn't no, it? No, I don't think it was, I don't either, think it was a Prismic. It was either Builder or Sanity, probably, um, is my guess. Uh, so I've used a ton, just kind of freelance work and, and then agency stuff. I used to work at Builder.io. Um, I, I guess mentally, like from WordPress way back in the day, uh, it was always frustrating kind of having both in the same spot and like painful in many ways. And so headless always made more sense to me and APIs always made more sense mm -hmm. to me and, and that side of things. So I think there is some pros and cons to a headless setup too, though, um, which yeah. can become interesting, um, especially for like your marketing team. And you want to like drop certain, I'll call them components in. Uh, so you want a cool table or you want to like a code snippet to do specific things. Like that side of it, oh, it was always what drew me like to Builder and like Prismic has kind of, I, I'm sure we'll talk through um, ways around that. But it's always super painful for like a developer that wants to write in like Markdown all day, but then they want to like add this really neat like widget into their page yeah. uh, and what, what that looks like. So, yeah. I don't know. I guess that's my rough experience. Yeah. I mean, there are some trade-offs with the headless CMS, right? Like yeah. um, you kind of have to configure a lot of the connection yourself. The, 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 they can be a little bit error prone, which is something like, you know, for me as a documentation writer, I've had to figure that out working with users or writing documentation for users is like, how do we avoid the foot guns inherent in this kind of architecture? Yeah, anyway. exactly. So this is just the skeleton website, um, really, really basic. Um, it's a multi-page website, but in a very, very basic way. Um, I'm going to copy in, I'm not going to spend too much time like explaining all the, all the code that I'm using and everything, but I'm, I am going to um, copy in a little bit of like boilerplate that I have ready. Um, so I've got like just a little bit of typography CSS that I'm just going to copy paste in. Would you mind just doing like one plus maybe on the, the zoom yeah, level? On for sure. Yeah, Is that good? That's good. Perfect. Yep. Cool. Um, and I'm also, so I've been, uh, have you guys checked out open props at all? Yes. Uh, we've, we've yeah, talked about open props. Yep. Um, I've just been playing with it, actually, mostly just with this with this project, um, and I've been having fun with it. Um, so this is just I'm just copying in just basically some typography here. Also, I've got this global selector um, to add a little bit of basic styling to every section element, and that's because just remember that we're going to come back to that the section elements. Cool. Um, and then I think that's everything I need for now. Yeah. So this is pretty basic. Um, I'll give you a quick walkthrough of what's going on here. We've got two different config files. So this is our slice machine config. So this is the config for the actual dev tool. And then we also have like a API connector, which is this file. And this is where the API config lives. Um, you don't need to know too much about what's in these files. It's mostly boilerplate. Um, We've also got this project set up with a couple of a few different packages. And the most important one is our Prismic Svelte package, which um, uh, is a component library for rendering content from Prismic. It also provides um, the client that we'll use to query content from the API. But um, first thing we're gonna do, we're actually gonna start by creating components, which I th think is the um, best way to kind of show the power here. So this is Slice Machine. Like I said, this is the one that's running on local. You can see here it's on localhost 9999. And so when we ran like NPM dev, it spun up both the Svelte yeah. server as well as Slice Machine. Okay. Exactly. We got both running here. Um, so Slice Machine is responsible for um, doing all of the content stuff in your code base. So like, Let's see, let's take a little look around here. Inside lib, we've got this slices directory. 
Slices are what we call like content blocks in Prismic. So like a section of a web page is a slice. And right now there's only one slice in here. It's the rich text slice. So, oh, I added open props and I've got this new styling now. So this is just one rich text slice. It's just a big block of rich text. Um, but the kind of tricky things here, like um, if you've ever like done content um, manually, like you know it gets a little bit annoying, like the data structures for content can be a little bit convoluted. So one of the really important things that Slice Machine does is it creates these um, content models. This is just a JSON description of like the structure of your content. And it also like creates some mock content for you. And it also um, creates your TypeScript types for you. Um, but that's a lot of explaining. Why don't I just show you? This is my page type. This is like the very basic uh, page that we're working with. And I'm going to create a new slice in this page. I'm going to call it, um, <laughs> I was talking to um, Kevin at Svelte Society the other day. And so then I was like, oh, I need to make a demo project. What should I do? And Kevin and I were talking about uh, Svelte Summit. And I was like, well, I'll just do a clone of the Svelte Summit website because I like that website. <laughs> so um, we're going to do um, uh, a clone of like a, a basic like event website. Can you just um, make the whole one for this year for him? Just like. <laughs> I bet. I bet that would go over, that would earn me some uh, brownie points. I, I think it probably would. Um, so you might've noticed in the background, I clicked create and this popped up here. So this is like the, the boilerplate for our component. Um, but before I start coding that, I'm going to um, add some properties to this component. So it's just gonna be a hero slice. So make that a little wider. Um, I'm just going to add a text field and I'm going to customize that so that I can have an H1 and some paragraphs. And this, everything that I'm um, doing there, it's getting saved in the JSON model. Um, now, this is like something I have a hard time <laughs> save. I get really excited about this um, and it feels kind of nerdy, but we've put a lot of work into building this simulator. So this actually simulates your components while you're building them. Um, so so just give at, it <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. So at this point, like there's no code being pushed to your repo, right? Or like Not to yet. your code base. Yeah, this is all still local. Okay. Um, so we don't have anything actually in that in the CMS yet. So I'm going to put in, we have, um, a rich text component that we provide. So I'm going to put that in and um, the rich text itself comes from, the component is the slice and the rich text property is on slice.primary.text. So that's the property that I just created. And now Slice Machine is creating content mocks for us here. And I can edit these mocks, like we actually have full-fledged um, editor here. Um, oops, I didn't click save. So we've got a full-fledged editor. Um, so I can do something like this. Hello, this is my hero. And I'm like getting a preview of the content in real time. And I can actually save it. And when I save it, it saves the mocks to my file system. So oh, I can um, cool. come back to it. Yeah, uh, I'm actually gonna change one thing. By default, it's a single paragraph but I actually want to have multiple paragraphs here. Um, and I'm just gonna refresh this. Coding on the fly. <laughs> um, I think oh. maybe when you made that update, there was a save button that you didn't click. Yes, that. Try that again. Um, and I'm going to copy paste a little bit more uh, CSS here. Let's say um, I'm going to call this coding camp and um, fall 2023. Um, yeah, so now I can just 
do whatever I want with this component, just treat it like a regular Svelte component. And I'm just getting this, getting my content from slice.primary.txt. And right now I'm getting mock content, but um, when I deploy this, it will pull content from the actual API. So let's put in a little bit of CSS here. I'm using open props, so I'm getting this cool background. And I'm worried I'm getting in over my getting into the weeds too much here, but something that I really love about Prismic that I've always really respected about what we do is that we have um, really nice data structures. And one of those things is the, um, uh, the way we deliver text, I think is actually really nice. Uh, we deliver text in like an array. It's not like a big chunk of HTML and it's not like some really impossible to read uh, big blob of data. It's like an actually like pretty simple to read here. I'll actually show you. Uh, I'm going to say pre style color equals black json dot stringify slice dot primary dot text no two. It's just so that I can show you what what the text looks like coming from Prismic. So this is this is the JSON representing this text here. And it's actually like um, almost human readable. Like as a developer, you can kind of decipher it, understand what it means. And it's also really easy to work with. Like for instance, if you had an array of text and you just wanted to pull out the headings to make a TOC or something, it's actually pretty easy to do that. Um, so, and one of the ways that um, that becomes really practical is you can actually choose to handle each element separately. So I'm going to create um, heading one.svelte, and I'm also going to create paragraph.svelte. This is just to show you kind of like how Prismic is kind of customizable. In heading one.svelte, I'm just going to paste a little bit of, like I've got a little bit of styling from my H1. I'm also going to transform it from like a, um, a regular string of text with spaces into like, um, uh, I'm going to replace the spaces with um, new lines. And then I'm going to do something really similar with the um, paragraph elements. And then here, I just say import paragraph and import heading. And then in my rich text component, I can say paragraph. Oh, sorry, that wasn't correct. I need to say um, components, paragraph, paragraph, and heading one, heading one. And so this is now saying use this component to render any paragraph elements and use this component to render any heading one elements. And now we're getting like a slightly more interesting um, mm. hero. Nice. Uh, and I just realized I didn't, uh, I, I need to uh, add some fonts. So I'm just going to add some fonts in my static folder, baba boom. And let's see if those will load up just like that. So at, at this point, like if I'm uh, in marketing and I'm just like wanting to use this, this is more the dev side still where you're like setting up components, yeah. how you want them and what they're looking like. Yeah, this is still what your developer is going to be doing. Okay. Um, but why isn't this? Hmm, something strange is happening here. I've got a bug in my component. I'll come back to that in a minute. Um, but you were asking about who's editing this. So, so far, yeah, everything we've done is just the developer's job. And the developer is like creating the component, previewing the component, you know, putting mock content into it. Um, and this is all, again, happening locally. This is all happening in Slice Machine and in the code base. So now, I've made some changes. I created this new hero slice. I added it to um, I added it to my page type. So now I'm going to push these changes to the CMS. And now I've pushed it, and my marketers can use it. I've got this link to the CMS here, so I can jump to the CMS. Yes, I've run my project. I've gone through all of this, so I'm just going to close that. 
And now my editor has access to the hero text slice. So they can nice. say coding. Yeah. And then the, the really wonderful thing is because we did all of the initial coding in the code base, this is like all type safe, you know? This is like, we've already made it in the code base. We've tested it in Slice Machine, you know, like in Slice Machine in the simulator, you can actually test it on different sizes. So like we now have the marketing team now has a component that they can use in their content um, with confidence knowing that it'll present safely. So let's publish that and then come back to the homepage of our website. Just like that. <laughs> nice. That's I very think, cool. I think it's a pretty decent flow. Um, yeah, it's, it's really neat. Uh, like the dev side of it, you're getting a preview and an idea of what's happening. And then once you push, you have, you know, some confidence up there that like someone in marketing or whoever, like a guest even probably has access to this and they can code to their yeah. heart's desire and use these components and things like that. That's really neat. Yeah. Now I've got like five components that I could make, but that would get pretty repetitive because you're just going to watch me copy pasting a lot of content. <laughs> Sure. Uh, but the other thing about Slice Machine that we're still kind of like figuring out the power of this is by building Slice Machine, it, we're now like the CMS is now actually in the code base, which means we can do all sorts of kind of like new exciting things. Um, I'm actually going to open up the repository that I was working on with Brittany yesterday. Um, because yesterday, or maybe <laughs> I just realized I can't because Brittany, that was, um, that was you doing that. Demo. <laughs> no, no, it's online. Um, but give me a second. Let me, let me think this through for a second. Cause one of the cool, one of the really cool things that we can do is, um, uh, integrate the editor with the code base. So this editor is the editor we designed a few years ago now. It's starting to, starting to show its age a little bit. And so we've got a team right now working on uh, redesigning this editor. I'll sh I can show you what the new one looks like. Just give me a second here. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like the way that we're presenting it and talking about it, it seems like there's a lot, right? But in reality, like if you think about a team and how it's structured, like it's pretty standard for like devs to go build components and have the code base and things like that. And then for your yeah. marketing team to kind of go into the actual page and make updates and of course, put a thousand requests back to the devs. <laughs> we need this component, that component. And like to be able to work through that, it's pretty cool. Yeah. And I think the difference is like, we've put the entire workforce developers in in their code base so they're working like where they're comfortable we're not forcing developers and and the way prismic you know used to be is there was actually like here you've got your documents tab you've got your media library tab and then there was another one that was like your models tab and you'd go to that tab to like design all your models and then sure. you would need to like write the typescript types for them or or version them somehow I did feel so, like this flow was much better than the last time I used a CMS. Mm -hmm. It was like I would have to do all of the manual work of like setting up the models, even though it was in a GUI, like I still had to yeah, like worry about totally. setting all of that up. This was more like automated for me. Yeah, exactly. And can you run like the page with all of its data locally as you're like creating these two? So it's not just a yeah. preview up there? Yeah, so this, you mean like this? Yeah, that is it, isn't it? Yeah, this is it. It's running locally. It's pulling the data from the API. So like if you want, you know, you can do your, you know, your classic kind of Svelte kit coding and see your changes live. Nice. Go through all your different um, open props gradients. And then if you change that in the slice machine, you can see that it queries the local host you can see your browser refresh mm -hmm. to right. query that and it refreshes that to grab the image from it that's cool and so that's i'm going to do some i'm going to see if i can do something quickly here so this is um the new editor that we're working on right now 
And this is uh, probably only some, maybe a few dozen users have access to this right now. Maybe a few hundred, I'm not sure. But it's, it's like a hot testing. take moment right here. Holy smokes. <laughs> this is the sneak peek. We've got um, a default SEO and metadata tab. Um, we've got this like cool uh, text-based editing. Let's see, what have I got here? Oh, perfect. This is actually um, showing up with my previews and stuff or with my uh, screenshots. So nice. like here I can do like your kind of, in, you know, what you've got in Notion. If you say like, you can do formatting with um, your keyboard. We can, we've got this like um, selector here. Uh, it's a really nice editing experience. But if you're willing to bear with me for a second, I would like to show you kind of the most exciting part of this. And in order to do that, I have to, um, I'm going to have to make a couple of, I'm going to have to actually deploy this and uh, do a little bit of, a little bit of magic. Do we have a we'll moment just, for that? We'll just go, hey, Ashley, edit this part and she'll, she'll figure yeah. it all out. Do all the magic. I was going to okay, say, I have a live one, but I would have to share my screen and show you the prismic side of it to see this, to see the actual slice machine part, right? Well, if you guys if you guys are willing to be patient with me, I'm happy to show you the process because it's actually not that complicated. Yeah, take your time. I've got this repository that has our new editor configured. So all I've done is in my config, I've just changed the repository name to this one. And then I'm going to go to Slice Machine and I'm going to refresh. Slice Machine is going to register that the repository has changed. So now this is the demo that I was doing with Brittany the other day. And it can see, you know, it, so far in this project, I've only actually got two components, this hero text and this rich text. And it can oh, see that. So you updated your local config for Prismic to read the repository, a different repository from Prismic. Exactly. So it was the one that I just created. And now yeah. it's, it's looking at this repository that I created a few days ago. It can see that the models are different. And so it's actually going to like delete the stuff that I pushed the other day oh. and it's going to update the stuff that I've, that I just created. So I'm going to push these changes. Now at the same time, I'm going to deploy this project and Brittany's familiar with this process because we went through this. Yeah. Um, if um, like in the route, in the page.svelte file, you just have the slice zone. So everything is just kind of pieced together for you. So even if you have extra components, they just live there. And it doesn't matter, right? Yeah. And everything is just kind yeah. of pieced together inside of Prismic by marketers, like however they want it to be. And the extra components just live there for them to play with however they need. And then the slice zone component lives in the page and all the data is yeah. pulled from the server and built statically. Pre-rendered, you yeah, can build it from the server too. So it's like everything is just pieced together in such a, a good developer experience, but also like really good for marketers. It's really well thought out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that means so much to hear you say that. It's like, it's true for your page component. This is the entire page component, which is just, it's taking yeah. all of those slice components that we make in Slice Machine. It's importing them all from the directory where Slice Machine puts them. And then you're getting your data from the API, which is just a, a normal API query. And this is just the boilerplate that we got with the um, starter. But if you had to write this code yourself, it wouldn't be too hard. Oh, right. I'm going to take out these pre-renders because they were causing a little bit of trouble for me earlier. Um, and then, Did you still have the trouble with pre-renders? Because I didn't yesterday. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just superstitious. You're just being... I don't pre-render <laughs> pre my stuff. I server render. Don't mess with the demo guide. <laughs> uh, so you've got the components in the data and the slice zone, which is the kind of the component that renders everything. It just splices together the components with the data and outputs the web page. So this is your entire page component. I mean, like for someone push. that does design systems, like it is the true epitome of like composable components and you're piecing it all together in a way that makes it so simple. And then they live there still so you can use them in any way that you need mm -hmm. and the marketers can move them around add stuff to them and it all gets injected in the right ways yeah exactly so i'm just going to add a new project from git 
let's see, coding kit, import, deploy, it sees that it's felt kit. So this will just take a second. And so the reason I'm doing this is because um, our new editor, this one, it actually will um, interact with your deployed website in a way that's really cool that I'm going to show you here. If this deploys, if this deploys quickly and successfully, <laughs> when I was getting ready for our demo yesterday, Brittany, I, <laughs> I tried deploying like 20 times and it wasn't working. It was one of those days where you're like, I don't know what's going wrong. And then I did yeah. it, and how? I think we had eight minutes left in the stream, and yeah. he's like, "How long do you think it will take us to deploy this to Vercel?" And I was like, "Well, I did used to work for Netlify, so I don't know." <laughs> <laughs> And then I was like, I don't know, maybe a minute. And it just, and it took it just us went off without a hitch. Five minutes to get it done. Oh no, but I'm getting a 500 error and I don't know why. Because you took the pre rendering out and you're oh, no. from the server. That's a server error. <laughs> you should be able to see that though uh, if you go to the runtime logs. Okay, let's see if we can debug this. Function unexpected field. Um, at my page of the hmm. Oh, you know what? I bet what it is is that we haven't created a page yet. Yep, we don't actually have any page documents created. That's why. So let's create one. We're going to create a home page document. So I'm just going to give it an ID of home and call this home page. And then I'm going to add my hero text slice here. So we'll call that coding camp fall 2023. I feel Let's like I used to own that domain name. Coding camp? Oh, yeah. I'm, this might be copyright infringement. And then let's go back and redeploy. That's, that's definitely what it was. It, um, it will throw an error if you don't have any matching documents published. So that's probably what probably what we're dealing with here. So if you want to deploy, I own uh, codingcamp.dev. You do? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Is that, um, is that a domain that you're planning to do something with? At one point I was. Probably not anymore. How many domains do you own? It's, it's kind of gotten less embarrassing. I'll say it that way. <laughs> Um, the whole uh, ch changing of Google domains and selling to Squarespace has really got my world rocked. So, oh no, yeah. Okay, let's take a look. Is this working now? There we go. So, um, on the deployed website, and you'll see um, when you create a project with Prismic and Svelte Kit, it creates this route called Slice Simulator. And you don't need to worry really about what this is. Like you never have to touch this code. But this is, um, when we're here, this is where um, the preview of the slice comes from. And then when you deploy your website, it actually deploys this like little mini app, <laughs> which your users will never see. But it's just there because um, it's gonna generate previews of your components for you. So if we do this, save, we can get live previews of our components. Wow, isn't that, isn't that cool? Uh, but that didn't work. <laughs> I was like, it's not updating. Yesterday Almost it was live. Late. There it goes. It's like not being reactive like it's supposed to be. Or is it, is it doing something in there? I see it moving. You can see it moving, but it's not happening. It's not happening live. Well, it is. The, the heading is not going. Oh, wait. No, nothing is going in there. It will delete it live. So this is why this is not live yet. This still has a couple of months before this gets published, right? 
You know, it's uh, funny. Uh, I think it was when Alex was on, we were having trouble because of a country issue. Or maybe, maybe that was story block. I don't remember now. We've had too many CMSs. Is it showing it and it's <laughs> just white text on a white background? Because it was like yeah, that, bigger. That is what's happening. Um, it should, it's probably white text because, um, because, uh, because I'm in dark mode. So let's see if I switch to light mode. <laughs> Big brain. I'm like, something is moving in that box. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> you have to simulate... report that one back. Yeah. So this URL, it's actually a mini app. You can't access it from the browser, but it serves up previews of your slices via an API. So here we can actually get um, live previews of our slices. And you can type in the text editor and you'll see a live thumbnail. This, like this That's for wild. us is so big to have live previews. And so you can actually like start mocking up a web page and you get this, a, this um, overview of what the web page looks like in the sidebar. Yeah, um, pretty crazy. For us, this is like such a huge leap forward to, to actually make the bridge from this like raw data editor to this like rich rendering and it's such a huge problem but so have you guys ever thought about just combining that so like the making the previews the actual page i'll um, I'll, sh I'll show you something after we get done okay that's you're kind of like turning my brain inside out there for a second Okay. I mean, but basic, basically they are. There's not a lot of magic happening here. Right. Like this is just an this is just an iframe. It's getting the data from here. Like it there's no there's not if there's any special markup on the page, it's not very much. Like this is actually for what's happening to me, this is actually shockingly like low tech. There's not yep. like a lot of not a lot of heavy lifting happening beyond, behind the scenes to make this happen, which which makes it more robust, which is why I say it. It's like it, this this should work in a lot of cases. And so um, you're at this point, just to clarify for people, this is where your marketing team is creating a page, right? Yes, exactly. So your marketing team can can see what the page looks like as they're editing it. And then... I mean, on the flip side, and again, I said there's like this kind of cycle of like the developer, um, the developer works in the code base and creates the models. They push them to the CMS. The marketing team creates the content in the CMS and it gets pulled back into the application, right? So like if you are a developer, you're getting actually a very similar experience in what, with what you're creating. So if you use a simulator, this is using mock content, but it's... Um, but it's a very similar experience. You can see here, like I'm a developer, I'm editing. Again, this is white text on a white background because I'm in dark mode right now. But um, what we're, it's, it's kind of important to our philosophy that like the editor and the developer get a really similar experience so that the, the, it creates a kind of shared understanding of how the website is built. And for us, what we're, what we're designing, the experience that we're designing, the architecture that we're designing is websites are built of slices. And this is a slice. And the users who have kind of, we, who we've onboarded to this way of thinking, it's like we have, we have content creators who have been working on websites for years or decades. And they look at this, this, this concept of slices and the, like the slice zone, these thumbnails like this, thinking of a website almost like a, like a slide deck or something. And they sure. go like, oh, I get it. Like this sure. is, this is how a website is designed. It's blocks of content, and it, you know it might sound novel. I think it might also, yeah. We've got the drag and drop happening now too, which is awesome. It, it like it might sound kind of like a novel idea, but if you think about it, like block elements are fundamental to HTML. Yep. Like m almost every website is built out of blocks. Uh, we're just kind of like running with that. 
Yeah. I mean, if you can get a marketer to understand like flex layout, like you're good because <laughs> yeah. like all of a sudden everything's a block and it'll move, you know, on mobile and like all that fun stuff. So yeah, that's really cool. So love it. if you, if you wanted to watch me for another couple of hours, I would, I would go ahead and I would build a whole, um, the whole event website as promised, but basically uh, this is what we're doing. And if you look at like, um, I think we'll, we'll put that link in our description. <laughs> Just Sam farting around all evening. <laughs> but like this, this is built with slice machine, you know, and it yep. looks like it looks like a, a really uh, complicated layout, but it's the same thing. It's a series of blocks. Yeah, that's really cool. And then they're reusable too. Like if you ever want to use exactly. that tab thing that's in there, like use that on another page. That's awesome. Yeah, exactly. So you oh. said that you had something to show me that had to do with. Um, I'll show you after the pod. Uh, I right. think we, we got to jump into our perfect picks now. Yeah. Now I hate awesome. to put you on the spot, but yours is up first. I've been racking my brain. And you know what? After this, I'm going to walk home and uh, me and my wife are going to binge a few more episodes of Mad Men. <laughs> I've, uh, I watched it. I didn't, I don't think I actually watched all of it, but when it was airing, I was watching it and I, was, I enjoyed it a lot. But we've been binging it, doing a rewatch and it is so good. And just yeah. like really enjoyable, really, really beautiful. Kind of like, I love the pacing of it, you know, after a stressful day, it just like moves so slowly. It's <laughs> a great show. You feel like grabbing like a scotch with Don and hanging out for a while? Yeah, it's really making me want to drink. I do not have any scotch <laughs> on hand, but if I did, it would be gone by now. <laughs> it, was a, it was a different world that they lived in back then, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, Britt, your pick is up next. All right, yeah. So we binged through uh, Foundation Season 2. I think it got released in like two sets of episodes, but um, or maybe it was week to week. I don't remember. Um the beginning of the season was kind of a slug to get through, but after the first couple of episodes and you get through that, the end of the season was just so good. And um, this morning we had the Spelt Radio episode and Sean Swicks was talking about it and he was like, it has a Game of Thrones feel to it where episode nine is always like their big budget episode. And so just wait for episode nine. <laughs> I think I'm on uh, four and I'm glad to hear it picks up a little bit because it's been a little it bit. Does. It does. It feels very slow and then it just starts picking up. And by the end of the season, you're just like, oh my God, it's <laughs> so good. I think this also has a Mad Men, Mad Men connection because it has Jared Harris, right? The yep. British guy. Yep. I think he's he right. also told me something interesting about it that I did not know that they, um, not to give too much away about the show, but they created the Cleon dynasty um, just for the TV show because the book series like spans thousands of years. And to do that without like the characters changing too much, like they had to create something that would kind of eclipse that. And so they created the, the three people, the clones for mm. that. That's, that's like a big part of the show. That's kind of amazing. Yeah, that's what people like about the show, which yeah. is weird for books to TV series. They usually don't like the thing that they create. Right. But this is yeah. the one thing. This is an cool. exemption to that. That's where that Henry Cavill show got in trouble, right? Uh, yeah, that's what they the said. Witcher. Yeah. <laughs> they said the same thing, The Witcher, yeah. Um, and then he left Superman, too. And uh, he's going to do Warhammer now, I think. Oh, nice. Wow. Um, mine is up next as my camera freezes, apparently. There it is. Oh, it's really good. Uh, so Bun 1.0 came out. Um, I think it might have been, you know, a week ago now-ish. And uh, it was a great video. I don't know who they got for their production team, but it kind of reminded me of Vercel's production team. So there's something interesting going on there. Um, but some of the numbers coming out of this are somewhat mind-blowing, like the Bun package manager uh, and like this, like ES build comparisons. I wish I could find the package manager. Like compared to NPM, it is just mind-blowingly flat, fast. So 
it's definitely worth checking out. And they're also addressing like ESM modules and like things like that, that like everybody has that pain that goes through bringing those in and they've covered that. So definitely check out Bun. Um, I tried it with a, a Next.js setup. It really didn't make sense to me to do that yet, but I've, I've felt that way a lot about a lot of things like Vite too. And then all of a sudden it was like, everything's on Vite. So who knows? We'll see. Uh, now that's kind of coming around. I'm, I'm wondering the same thing. I'm like, where does it make sense? And like, how does it there you go. come into like these new technologies? And I did hear something that maybe like, it's going to be slow to support newer features. And Kevin said that it's on, um, what WebKit is built on. Yeah. So yeah. it will be on the same level of support as WebKit. So Safari. Yeah, which is interesting. I was like, that's kind of <laughs> slow, isn't it? <laughs> well, it, it used to be. And it I feel is like it's much it's faster changing. now. Yeah. But, that, but that's for CSS. And I feel like that's a big part is due to Jen, Jen Simmons being there. But I don't know about JavaScript and WebKit much. Yeah, they've they've adopted a lot, like especially around HTML standards. They're getting those a lot faster now. The interesting thing to me, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, the interesting thing is they've even put in um, newer tech that like Chrome doesn't have. So there's there's yeah, something interesting kind of going down the road there, but. I mean, numbers are amazing, especially around like websites. Yeah, I'm really interested in it for the speed and for the ESM to CJS stuff. Yes. Um, that would be like a huge lifesaver. I'm like, if we can get this in something like Bun, why can we not get it in Node? And they're like, it's just written fundamentally different, I guess. Okay. But I'm, it's so frustrating for package managers to try to deal with the two worlds. Yeah, I think Dino is in the same boat, right? Like they, they had to finally cave and like, well, you know, just ESM, they focus purely on the future. Right. <laughs> I, th I thought they finally backed off and maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. They allowed no, maybe pack. they did. They do let you download from NPM now. So maybe yeah. they did. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, I haven't touched Dino in a while. I think uh, my cool. second pick, uh, which I forgot to add. Oh, to I think Sam charge. was trying to say something. Oh, sorry, Sam. Go ahead. No, no, no worries. I mean, I think it sounds cool. I just, you know, for me, for something to really compete, it probably has to be like 10 times as good, you know, like that's kind of yeah. the scale of the competition. You know, the ESM thing, the ESM CJS thing is cool, but is it good enough to get, you know, most people to convert? I feel like I don't see it. Yeah, I think it's one of those things like it's going to take a year, two years to like really start to go, oh, well, I would do it because of X, Y, and Z, and the speed is going to be one of those big parts of it. But I mean, there's so like nodes on what thirteen, something like that. It's been around forever, so no? like to catch up to it. Nodes on like eighteen, yeah, twenty. 18. Sorry, <laughs> it's just been around so long that like yeah. it's kind of ridiculous to think something can just jump out of the gate and like yeah. be equal with it. Now, if it can fantastic and you're getting the speed improvements now it's like okay it's in the conversation like it's interesting so i don't know we'll see uh, these we'll did do that so i mean right and we didn't think like we all knew like we wanted something outside of webpack and all that jazz but like v was kind of unexpected and then it was just there and it's in everything so yeah. i guess we'll see true uh my second pick is more dev rally um, so this is an uh, article by Nathan Peck, um, and it just is titled What I've Learned from Six Years as a Dev Advocate at uh, AWS. And the interesting thing in this article, one, everyone knows who's ever listened to the show, I, I'm image heavy, like for me to understand something, I need an image and it's full of them, which is like the best thing ever. Uh, the second piece, there's a whole like when a dev asks what a developer advocate does breakdown in this, I'm like, Oh, I need that because I can never like quite answer. There's so many things that I've done at this job or a different job. And like, they're all different too. So it's, it's like, how about we talk about 20 things and we can pick what dev advocates do. Mm -hmm. So it's a great article. If you're ever interested in developer advocacy. If we're talking about um, developer writing, and we're allowed to do a second pick. Can I actually throw something out that I thought was really great this week? You can pick away. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm going to keep going. Ben Myers wrote a blog post called I'm a Spotless Giraffe. I'll drop it in the chat here. 
I thought it was I thought it was fantastic. It's about AI and disability, and I thought shout it out was, to Ben Myers. I have his HTML a, shirt. I love it. <laughs> it was so well said and so so thoughtful, um, and it articulated like so many of my own anxieties about AI and some of the th some of the things that I worry about. Um, I think it's really it's really great. It's something that everyone should be thinking about. Oh, so shout out to Ben cool. Myers. And hat tip to Alex Trust, Trust who um, who posted it on LinkedIn. Which is where I yeah, we might have to uh, have Ben back on. Love having him on as guest. So, yeah. very cool. Well, Sam, thank you so much for showing us a little bit, a little slice yeah. of your life. <laughs> I don't Love know. It. I got, I got nothing. Plans. <laughs> All right. We'll have to uh, chat about our our traveling adventures some more. That's pretty awesome that you're in Italy. Yeah, I want to know more of your hot tips for life in Tuscany. <laughs> yes, for sure. All right, y'all. Catch you later. Thanks to both of you. Thank you. Yeah.